Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rick Jay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. We are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Into Action on page 81, the first paragraph beginning with whatever the situation and reading through this is the best course to take. Today's readers are Morgan K, the 12 Steps, Margie, the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Nancy R in the text, Craig F on page 164, and Judith SP is our big backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Colleen M, and our second hour moderator is Maria F. The share ID for Sunday, May 14th, 2023 is 20,258. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Morgan Kay to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning. This is Morgan Kay. Um, I am a compulsive overeater in Manitoba, Canada, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Morgan. I will now ask Margie to read the 12 traditions of OA. Thank you so much. Margie from Massachusetts, recovered but not cured. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself 
In our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Marge. That's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter into action on page 81, the first paragraph beginning with whatever the situation and reading through this is the best course to take. I will now ask Nancy R. to begin reading. Good morning, all. It's Nancy R., recovered compulsive overeater in Northwest Illinois. Whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. If we are sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always, we think. If she knows in a general way that we have been wild, should we tell her in detail? Undoubtedly, we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. She will want to know who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We are sorry for what we have done, and God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that, we cannot do. We have no right to go further. Though there be justifiable exceptions, and though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we have often found this the best course to take. So as I read this paragraph, I um, need to remember that I'm the offender in this situation. 
And while um, I was not wild outside of uh, a committed relationship um, due to my compulsive overeating, I want to keep asking God, my higher power, where, um, how can I relate into this paragraph? Like, was I read that a paragraph in the big book? So, not, so one thing that popped out to me was um, at the end, though we wish to lay down no rule of any sort. So, this is where, and the questions throughout this, this paragraph. Should we tell her? Should we um, uh, tell her in detail? Those are the questions that I, when I was doing my um, eight-step work, I needed to, needed to I, I thankfully surrendered to giving over to um, uh, God and to another person. So I worked with my sponsor in these difficult situations. Um, I knew I had to do something about it, you know, whatever the situation, I had to do something about it, and I wasn't quite sure how to approach it, so um, I need help, and um, I can pray about it, and ask God, and write about it, and, you know, do two-way prayer with my higher power, um, and then, you know, read what, you know, tell, tell my sponsor the details and ask for help, um, ask for help sorting out so that I do no harm because that's the, um, the, the goal here is to own my side of how I did, how I hurt someone. So like this is looking at my sex conduct uh, inventory and and being willing to make amends to those people that I hurt. And, um, you know, it's beyond the actual physical act of sex. It's uh, intimacy, you know, in my intimate, in my intimate relationships where I, I had done harm, um, which I can find in my first step inventory. And then getting help with how to discuss and um, admit those. Just a reminder. Um, to the person that I, thank you, to the person that I um, harmed. Um, and um, that's what I have. Thanks. Thank you for getting us started, Nancy. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Let's double check our phones to make sure we're muted. I'm hearing some background noise. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Jeannie B. from Florida. Jeannie H. Leia S. Rosie W. Hold on just a minute. So um, this is who I've got. I think Jeannie B. Lee H. Rosie W. And there was somebody in that first little group that I missed. Leah S. Leah S. Okay. All right. Who else? 
I know I'm missing somebody. There's a voice that comes on, and right when it comes on, I'm running my mouth. It's I got Jeannie B, Leah H, Leah S, Rosie W. Who else would like to share this morning? Elise M. How do you spell your first name? Um, E-L-I-S-E. E-L-I-S-E. First initial of your last name? M. Is it Nancy? M as in um, mouth. (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, Jeannie B., you're up first. And then Lee H., go ahead, Jeannie. And please include your state when you introduce yourself. Good morning. This is Jeannie B, J E A W N I E B from Florida. Um, recovered in Florida. I uh, wanted to get on the line first thing this morning to tell you all I am one year abstinent, one year in recovery today, in no small part because of this fantastic meeting. Now, let me move on to the paragraph. What I take from this paragraph is do no harm. Do no harm, Jeannie. Do no harm. Think it through. Stop your impetuous ways. Stop your reactive ways. Think through what impact will my choices have on another. Do not do something just because it will relieve me of pressure of pain. I am now willing to do the harder things. I am now more capable of doing the harder things because I have detoxified my body and I am practicing these principles, these steps in my affairs. I am still making mistakes. I am still extremely flawed as a person not even extremely flawed, just flawed, just human. As such, I continue to practice and I continue to be able to build um, capacity to do more and to not harm others. I've had amends that were not appropriate to give because of the impact on others, and I can carry those now. I can give them to another person. I can give them to God. But I also can carry them because I can do harder things because of this program and because of this particular meeting. I thank God. I thank Vision. And with that, I pass. Thank you, uh, Jeannie B. All right. Lee H., you're up next, followed by Leah S. Go ahead, Lee. Thank you so much, moderator. This morning, this is Lee H., a compulsive overeater in Tennessee, and um, I'm a little nervous because I haven't shared in a while, but I needed to say it because I have to identify in with this paragraph somehow this morning. I have not had this particular um, incident where I've had an affair um, uh, an active affair, but I've had emotional affairs over the 45 some odd years I've been married. Um, and I, I don't feel like that is something that would help in order to be able to um, share that with my husband. I, I have talked with my sponsors and um, have, you know, done my fourth step work around it and see the defect and have um, been delivered from that. But, you know, there is always something 
and I think about, you know, what Harlan says about, you know, there's a secret I can't, will not tell, a thrill, uh, a resentment, and I forget the fourth one. But the secret I have that um, I've had to do some work around with my husband is just um, going out and, and shopping and, and just my financial habits have been um, really something I have not been willing to let go of over the years. And so I'm just really grateful because um, I've, you know, been delivered from from that as well because of this program. I'm not focusing on that. I'm serving and, and trying to help other people and not going out and having to either buy something to eat or buy something, you know, to medicate on. So um, this goes really, really deep, and I'm really thankful that we're in this chapter because it not only applies to physical affairs, but it applies to other secrets that we have. So thanks for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Lee H. Leah S., you're up next, followed by Rosie W. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Good morning, team. Monday, and thank you, everyone. My name is Leah S., and I'm grateful and recovered and grateful to be back in Brooklyn, New York. Um, Okay, whatever the situation, whatever the situation, you know, we all come into this program. We want to lose weight, and and here they're saying that we're into this uh, chapter of into action, what is my action in the situation? What is not with my morality that I have done and I keep it from you? I really need to unload it. I need to admit my fault. This is what the big book is telling me, that if I'm not going to admit my fault to someone, someone I trust and someone who is reliable, then I might eat. I might pick up. I might not eat the way I ate before, but I might start, and God Almighty, I really, really am petrified from doing all that. So it comes down to the point about being honest and also not repeating that kind of behavior, accepting that I'm a human being and that I had this behavior, and now I no longer want to do that. And as long as I have that resolution in my mind and I'm honest with it, then it's not going to lead me not to the food and not to and not to um, behavior that is not with my morality. And with that, I will pass. All right. Thank you, A.S. Rosie W., you're up next, followed by Elise M. Thank you, Rick. Um, good morning, Pigeon Family. My name is Rosie W. I'm a compulsive overeater in Devon in the U.K., um, I've really felt the last few months that God has me in a sort of headlock in my personal life. Um, there's been deep pain and rupture. And and yet, here is yet another miracle. Um, this meeting, this paragraph that I needed to read. Um, I have been outreaching extensively lately with fellows about a situation I'm in where Uh, I feel that I need to tell a friend the truth about something, but I also know that to do so would harm her at a really important time in her life. And um, when I spoke to my sponsor about it yesterday, she she reminded me, you know, Rosie, um, 
the answer may not come right now. It may not come today and it may not come in this conversation. And we agreed that more would be revealed. And my feeling was, well, it's getting a bit close to the wire now. I've only got a few days. Um, and yet here is this paragraph telling me very clearly that um, even above rigorous honesty is the need to, um, is, is humanity actually, is love and tolerance and the need to avoid causing harm at any cost. And one of the notes I wrote down from a vision meeting a few days ago was that um, I cannot recover unless I'm living in the truth. And that um, a, clear, a clear conscience is more important than any concern about, you know, what other people might think or, you know, protecting myself or my reputation. But what I'm seeing here in this paragraph is the answer, and that is that a clear conscience um, for me in this and so many other situations that I've been in through my life is to um, is to avoid causing harm and um, to not put my own needs first, my own need for rigorous honesty. Um, you know, the, the love and tolerance is our code. It's, it's, it says it only once, but it's, it's all the way through this book. It's in every paragraph, love and tolerance of others. And I can really use this book and the instructions therein to um, put myself in a straitjacket. Um, and actually, that's not necessary. And that's not what the essence of the book is at all. Um, it's love and tolerance. And um, I'm just so grateful. I did not know where or how I was going to get my answer, but it's right here in this paragraph, um, which is <laughs> just another of God's miracles. Uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rosie W. Elise M., you're up next, and then we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Elise. Hi, this is Elise M. from France. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, Elise, gratefully, um, in this program, <laughs> um, bulimic, anorexic, compulsive, eater, body obsessor. And I think listening to this paragraph, um, I, I was on the receiving end of a fair amount of cheating in my relationships. Um, how I identify in is being um, incredibly unavailable um, and not in a judgmental way, but I didn't have the um, connection with a higher power that made it possible for things to not be all about me. Um, in that, you know, in the way that I used food and like controlling my body to numb my feelings and hate and abuse and punish myself or comfort myself or get high or like avoid or change or kind of distort feelings. Um, I used or tried to use um, trying to be really skinny to um, uh, to kind of get a sense of self-esteem or validation or to be able to kind of get what I wanted in a way out of people without really having connection because the connection didn't feel safe. Um, you know, all of these, all of these ways of like using food, um, restricting, purging, and using my body as an object to do things to in order to escape what I was feeling and to escape connection with other people, I'm I'm very capable of doing 
all of those to another human being because in my ism I will use anything and anyone it's it's not um you know I don't think you know if I'm powerless I don't have the power to limit it to a certain substance or process um it's kind of a widespread relational attitude to life and myself into a higher power and um through this fellowship and through practicing the steps um that ism or that kind of driving force um gets to be surrendered and it and it is safe to be in contact with myself and how i feel and who i am and the love and and comfort of a higher power and it is safe to be in contact with other people so i don't have to turn them into objects that i'm either terrified of um or i'm trying to get something from um and and when i'm in you know when i'm drifting towards those isms i don't think that kind of just in the way that um you know i don't think shaming judging blaming um is of my higher power i think just that a reminder thank you witnessing and surrendering um is you know the way home to love and to recovering that connection with a loving higher power so thank you very much thank you so much elysium before we continue with our second group of names we are in the chapter into action on page 81 the first paragraph beginning with whatever the situation and reading through this is the best course to take and though we value everyone's experience we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too so who else would like to share on what we've read from pamela p from pennsylvania okay hold on just a minute i i heard pamela p and everything else was in a in a big vocal knot larry g larry g christina j christina j ginger ginger c ginger c johanan katie 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 what was your um katie j yes as in King. Okay. And uh, anybody else? We'll Debbie wrap it up. B. Debbie? Yes. Thanks for hearing me. All right. Debbie B. All right. Here's who we've got. Pamela P., Larry G., Christina J., Ginger C., Jim, Katie J., and Debbie B. Go ahead, Pamela, and then you'll be followed by Larry G. Hello, this is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Um, so I, yeah, from that paragraph, yeah, um, a lot of things that could trigger me. So um, yesterday I was around my boyfriend's family, and I would try to fit in and try to make conversation and don't get oversensitive and then um, I just was speaking to um, his cousin, and not to his cousin, to his uh, sister-in-law. And what happened is I was saying I ate breakfast at 7 and then ate again at 10. Because usually I go to the gym at 11. And before I even say that, he said, oh, you have two breakfasts. And it just crushed me because I'm just very oversensitive about food, about Saying not to breakfast, I had my lunch early, so I could go to gym 11. 
and it, like little things like that. that I am highly oversensitive. And then last night I was dealing with my boyfriend, mother, in their personal care, and I know I am a survivor of child abuse. So anything about doing a personal care to someone, sometimes it triggered me. But I've been doing good the last week and a half. So I got triggered. So stuff like that get me back into the full thought. And another thing that seemed to bother me is knowing that I might not reach my goal weight and I might not accept that. So a combination of that and the relationship with my partner is very important. I try to keep an open communication about my feelings because anything could trigger me to pick up. So I'm just trying to be emotional, but also worry about other people's feelings, not all about me. So I'm trying to be more, don't overreact where everything got to be my way where I get upset and act out. So as a kid, I had no voice. When I was human traffic for three months, I had no voice. When I was in the Dell industry, I had no voice. This is the first time I do have a voice, and I, I, I'm very over-emotional. So I'm just praying today that I keep in the recovery mind to focus on God, my partner, and program, and just try to be grateful and treat others as I want to be treated. And so pray for me. I pray for you all. Thank you to let me share today. I pass. All right. Thank you, Pamela P. Up next, Larry G., followed by Christina J. And just another reminder that we are sharing uh, on what was directly linked on the reading. Larry G., go ahead. Good morning, everyone. My name is uh, Larry G. I'm from California. Uh, this, this short little paragraph to me is proof why I should never go alone on making amends or um, – yeah, go along, making amends. This is where working with a recovered sponsor, someone who has gone through the steps, someone who has made their own uh, sexual inventory um, and done a nice step, uh, why I need to work with that person. Um, you know, we'd hardly be human if we didn't have sex problems, and that's why the big book uh, when Bill was talking about uh, the sex inventory. Um, all of us have sex problems, whether man or woman, it doesn't matter. Uh, we come to this program wounded in that area. Um, but I, I believe that this this is beyond my pay grade or um, outside the scope of a 12-step program uh, to advise someone um, to go to their partner and to reveal the truth. Um, you know, back when this was written, you know, AA was in, in its infancy. They didn't have a sex adopt. Sex Addicts Anonymous. They didn't have affordable therapy. This is, in my opinion, uh, outside of this program. It should, the person should be referred to a therapist or uh, uh, Sex Addicts Anonymous, where they could get, you know, the help to make this uh, type of this type of uh, a move. Um, it doesn't take me off the hook. It doesn't take me off the hook. It doesn't take a person off the hook because we're to be rigorously honest. Um, I know for a fact that by keeping secrets, uh, I'm not going to get sober. Um, I've, I've been a long-term member in our program, and, and uh, we call this 
it's just it's a column we call uh, take it to the grave and you know take it to the grave column usually is uh our deepest most uh shameful secrets including sex um, i have to talk to somebody about that whether a sponsor um, somebody in the clergy or a therapist else i will not get abstinent it will haunt me the rest of my life but i don't have I don't have the skill level to advise someone in this program. Yeah, you know, you need to do it this way. You need to go back to your partner and just disclose all the uh, nasty little secrets you have about your emotional affair or your physical affair. Um, I don't, I don't have uh, the expertise to do that, and so I would always recommend if someone uh, hire a therapist that deals with the situation, or go to uh, SexActCom as one of the S programs, or even both. Uh, with that, I pass. Mary G, Christina J, you're up next, followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Christina. Morning, Rick. You're sounding much better, brother. Glad for it. Um, thank you for your service today. Thanks, everyone on the line. I'm so glad I'm human. I'm so glad I'm not perfect. I'm so glad that I don't have to keep secrets because I was going to go to my grave with some secrets of some affairs I had in my first marriage, which was a long time ago. 24 years ago, I had to sit down with my first husband and say my truth because I was not in program, but he found out. And I was trying to lie about it and make all kinds of excuses. And I went to my vocal teacher. I said, I don't know what to do. She says, you have to sit down with him. She wasn't a sponsor. She was just a normal human being that gone through life, you know, and had bullshit in her life. Excuse my language. And uh, I had to face up to it. Man, oh, man talk about shaking legs anyway long story short I didn't have to carry that secret anymore and um, when I went into my first marriage my husband knew all about my past and uh, I went through such hell with those secrets and with those things I did that I wasn't about to do it again but I'm human I didn't do it again but I've had thoughts I've looked this and that but I've you know, I'm I, I'm in program now, and I can't afford that crap. And I I don't have to hurt anybody today. You know, back then there was no choice because he found out. He knew the proof was there. But I would have not hurt him and told him those things. You know, I would have left the marriage. And uh, I didn't know about those things then. But the whole thing is to talk to someone to find out whether. You know, because, again, I'm selfish. I'm an addict. I have looked at my life. I've had affairs. I went bankrupt. I lost houses. You know, I gained weight. I got sick. I did a lot of things that hardcore alcoholics have done. I've never lived under a bridge. You know, I've never wanted to take my life, thank God. But I've done shit. I'm an addict. Again, here I am cussing. I'm an addict. I don't know how to run my life. That's my true problem not the food the food was just the thing I used to comfort myself with and damn it I have an allergy oh god I'm cussing today uh, I have an allergy I have an allergy and I can't take one bite you know I know that today one bite takes me back to the ring back into the hellish place I have to face my life and if anything comes up I ask God every day what else you got to show me that I might need to make an amends for you know but if it's going to hurt somebody I have to think about it Cleaning my side of the street, like most people have talked about and shared, doesn't does not need to be selfish and should not be selfish. My my cleaning my side of the street should help people, should help me. And if it's selfish and if it's going to hurt them, 
then that's something I need to talk to my sponsor about. And I think that's what this whole paragraph is about. But I don't have to do those things today. Gentle reminder. Was a total mess in this disease. And this program gives me a way out of those messes. Clean it up inside. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Ginger C., you're up next, followed by Johan M. Go ahead, Ginger. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everybody being here today doing service. Just showing up. And um, I am Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater in Colorado. And I love the gentleman share a few back. You know, this is a WE program. I don't do this alone. And there's a reason for it. And this paragraph is shouting to us. We have created enough harm by being addicts and eating all those damn bites. And we do not want to create any more. And you can create really big harm by going to someone because you may feel guilt and you may want to eradicate that feeling. So you're going to share something selfishly and self-centeredly for you, only you. Your motive is selfish and then potentially put that person in a really bad place. So thank God we have sponsors. Thank God we take suggestions and we listen. And then thank God ultimately we go to this higher power for strength and courage and direction and follow through with what we need to do. And I just want to end on this. You know, I think the greatest harm, I know we're talking ninth steps and I know this paragraph, but for me in my recovery, this relapse has been anything but kind. And the greatest harm lie that somehow, someday, I'm going to be okay with this food that only kills me and takes her into a hole. And I cannot believe the insidiousness of this addiction and the lengths that I have taken it to. This morning with you, it is just a miracle that I'm awake today, not eating. And my son just graduated from college, and our mascot at this school, all four of us went to the school and graduated, were buffaloes. And the commencement speech, it was so incredible because he said, there's one animal that roams this earth, and there's only one animal that does this. But when a storm comes for this particular animal, it charges the storm and it runs through it because it knows it will get to the other side quicker by doing so. And that's the hardest thing in recovery, face everything and recover. God gives me more information and I get afraid and I walk away. And then the sad truth is that I pick up that great lie and I try to get a medication through food to numb, to avoid, to escape. And it just sends me into a deeper tailspin. So... I am so grateful that my school is that buffalo mascot that I have it through that because internally in my skin, it is not a natural nature for me to allow pain and to sit with it and especially to be running towards it. I run away from it and it keeps me sick. So I am so grateful that I'm here today and I wish you all a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you, Ginger C. Johan M., you are up next, followed by Katie J. Go ahead, John. Hey, good morning, Rick. Can you hear me okay? I can, indeed, brother. Okay. 
Very cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for service this morning. So nice to hear you. So nice to hear everybody. Uh, thanks for all of your shares and for this amazing paragraph that just uh, brings me back to uh, to some very hard amends that I had to make. And, and you know, um, I live my life in the disease like uh, like a kid in a candy store, doing whatever I wanted whenever I wanted it. Uh, never having a, more, having a moral compass, just doing whatever I wanted, whatever I needed, you know. Not uh, thinking of other people, just thinking of myself, living living in in, in selfishness. Uh, and uh, coming into the program, you know, I I had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, and uh, especially as a result of you know step eight and nine, going out to make these amends. And I had some really hard. I had some really, really hard amends to make in my relationships that I had, you know, before in my life. And there, there was things that I could not tell uh, these women, uh, things that I'd done that would, on, would only hurt them more if, if they knew about it. Um, and that's just how it is. Like people have said here before on the line that, you know, I can't uh, go on like a marcher, you know, uh and uh, uh just uh, doing what I, doing like I did before being in selfishness doing whatever I want whenever I need uh, I have to I have to I have to you know consider other people when I make amends I can't consider myself that's another thing uh that that's that's a whole other thing but you know I need to consider other people and how I treated other people and you know, what to say in my amends, not to hurt other people more. I am there to set things right, um, which I did to the best of my ability. And, you know, so I'm so glad for this program. When I look back at my life, when I look back at the person I was before uh, the steps, I, I I can't, you know, imagine that, I, you know, I, I, I don't feel related to that guy. <laughs> I don't know who that who, who that guy is anymore. Uh, I've been born again thanks to the steps, and you know today I am in a. I've been married for years now, and I have never ever done the things that that I used to do in my my relationships before uh, with, with this woman, and I don't want to. You know, and you know that's God working in my life, making me you know to a decent citizen. Uh, Walking with with love and tolerance uh, for other people uh, and doing my best every day to you know stay connected with God so He can keep me abstinent and you know keep me a decent person in in this society. So thank you. So just so grateful to be here today. Uh, grateful to hear all, all of you and uh, I pause. Thank you. Thank you. That was Johan M from Sweden. Katie J, you are up next, followed by Debbie B. Go ahead, Katie. Yeah, good morning, everyone. This is Katie Kay, and I'm in Florida, and very grateful to be on the line and, and very grateful to be recovered. Um, you know, it says whatever the situation, there's probably something we ought to do. So that's where, you know, going to my sponsor helped me a lot because, I, you know, there were things that would have hurt my husband had I told him relationships with other men and um 
but there were other things that I did need to acknowledge, as I've heard on the line this morning, you know, withholding, you know, manipulating, using sex to manipulate him, um, dishonesty, shopping too much, the amount of money I spent on food. But the other thing that I can do about the things that I won't tell him is, you know, this is where my sex ideal came in. And, um, in my sex ideal, I said, you know, that I need to live in a way that announces to the world that I love my husband and that I honor my marriage and that I am fulfilled by my husband and would never even consider looking at another man. And and even the way I speak about my husband to others, it should be with respect and I shouldn't say anything about him that I wouldn't say to his face. I mean, unless it's to someone in the program or a therapist. Um, and so these are things that I that I try to remind myself. I need to treat him with respect. I need to hear how he's feeling and, and try to meet his needs. And, and these are everyday challenges that, you know, that are real. And um, and so that's, that's the thing that I can do about those those items that I didn't tell him that would hurt him. And so um, with that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Katie K. Debbie B., you're up next, and then we'll get some more names. Go ahead, Debbie. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. I'm recovered right now in the state of Delaware, usually from Virginia. So it's Debbie V. as in Virginia or Vision, and so glad to be here. Welcome to the newcomers, and thank you, dear fellows, for your service. Hmm, so now I get to live a different way with the power greater than self. And I have strongly considered through my fourth step how I affected others. How do I affect others? How did I affect myself? And now how do I move forward with that? And I'm in a community setting right now. And it, this, this paragraph reminds me, how do I walk through weighing and measuring how I'm acting how I'm speaking, how I'm thinking, and how greatly that affects others. And that's the grace of this program. I now have a choice because I'm empowered. I'm recovered. I see with clarity. And I see how I affected those that I loved and love. And I see how others could have been implicated if I would have hastily, with compulsion, went to whomever and and involved another person. And I'm so grateful that I could discern now with the help of a power greater than self, with my sponsors, with my fellows. I no longer, I could be in the sacred pause. I no longer have to jump when the thoughts come in. I could now discern because I have clarity, I have stability, I have a true north. And that points to my relationship and my conscious contact with the power greater than self. Thanks for listening. Blessings and love. All right. Thank you, Debbie V. All righty. So we've got time for uh, some more shares. I'll, uh, I think I'll take three or two names and then we'll see where we're at. And uh, who else would like to share? Sue Ann W. Sue Ann? Yes. Okay, Sue Ann, gotcha. Matt M. 
David M. Oh, David M. Chris W. Okay, let's start there. I'll stop there. And uh, that was Chris. W. Is that right? I've got C O N W David M and I think um the the last the last person who said their name, could you repeat your name please? Chris W. Thank you, Chris. All right. C O N W David M, Chris W. C O N W go ahead. You'll be followed by David M. Go ahead. Good morning. My name is Sue Ann W. I'm from Pennsylvania. Thank you, everybody, for your service. Thanks for being here. Um, I really appreciate this meeting always. When I first read this paragraph, I thought, this does not apply to me. I am not married. And then I started listening to people's shares. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've had relationships and things have happened. Um, I have had relationships where I was faithful, and I have relationships where I was emotionally and um, physically unfaithful. So um, <laughs> I think that there's always room for me to grow and learn, and um, I definitely have used shopping as a means of avoiding relationships. Um, I had a 10-year relationship that ended in the person did not want to commit to me. So I, I never I never cheated, even though people thought I did. They wanted me to. Then I had another relationship where I did, um, I was unfaithful. And I told the person, and they got really angry at me and threw a cinder block at me. And um, so I found out that this does, I can relate to this this. Um, this paragraph, and that's about all I have to say today. Thank you for listening, and God bless everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sue Ann W. David M., you're up next, followed by Chris W. Go ahead, David. David, hit star one to unmute. David, we're not hearing you. Could you please hit star one to um, mute or re unmute your phone? We'll get back to David. Chris W, go ahead. Hi, this is Chris W, Chris with a K from Nashville. And I'm telling you this, 10-step business is killing me because I, um, I, decided to do a 10-step yesterday, um, and the part about making amends, I thought, I am not making amends. I'm not, I'm keeping this secret because um, I lied to someone and in the program about how long I'd been abstinent, and I didn't, I haven't talked to my sponsor for months, but I still would call her my sponsor, and people would ask me, you know, well, I would tell them, what I was doing with my food and people would say, well, have you talked to your sponsor? Do you have a sponsor? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. And um, I was in so much emotional pain yesterday when I realized that on the first real conversation with 
um, this person in the program that I just flat out lied and more of omission, just kind of evasive. And I kept thinking, well, who can I tell this so I can honestly say in my 11th step that I'm not being dishonest? And then I'm thinking, well, I'll tell this person and, and then just tell them, like, don't say anything. I mean, it's like insane, crazy thinking. And I ended up at a 10th step with a person and they convinced me that, I mean, my heart was just beating like crazy that I'm going to have to just come clean and really, really come clean. And it's amazing because I had to let go of a couple people I'm sponsoring, which I shouldn't have been sponsoring anyway, and um, and tell my real sponsor that I was changing sponsors and just trying to do it a different way. But um, I was in so much emotional turmoil, and it only lasted like five minutes or ten minutes because I knew the other person was right. And when I made amends to the person that I lied to, she was so sweet and just like, oh, I've done that before. You know, I've done that a lot of times. And every single person had a very positive um, response to me. It's just I was um, I was just being dishonest all this time. And it's very embarrassing to get on here and say that. But I know that I felt free and hopefully God will convince this other person to be my sponsor and um, and I can really come clean all the way but just hiding things in any way shape or form just isn't going to keep me sober and um, abstinent so with that I'll pass Thank you Chris W. David M. are you able to get back on the line and hit star one to unmute Hi, Russ. Yeah, I apologize. I forgot that I shared recently. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on that. Thank you, David. And uh, who else would like to uh, – we got time for one more, maybe uh, about a two-minute share. Someone would like to take that. This is uh, Joan L. from Arizona, and I would like yep. to share just shortly. Go for it. Thank you. I just wanted to share that for myself. I found that affairs begin in my mind. And I was noticing yesterday that my eyes were drifting to another person. And in my mind, I was creating a particular situation. And I immediately um, called my higher power in. And I recognized you know, that I don't need to have a physical affair, that just the thought of it is an insult and, for lack of a better word, a slap in the face to my marriage. I have a beautiful husband, and we've been married for over 40 years. And I said to myself, God, I am so sorry for this action on my part, and thank you for helping me to stop it. And having that awareness yesterday made me realize I need to be aware of that every day and to give gratitude for the marriage that I'm in. So I wanted to share that because that's part of the sexual inventory. Even though I didn't act it out, it was a thought 
and my eyes drifted in the wrong direction. And I'm grateful to know that. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. That was Joe Nell from Arizona. And uh, we'll double check. We're getting a lot of loud, crinkling noises in the back. Rick, could you press star one to unmute? I don't hear you. <clears throat> okay. I uh, I guess I was double muted. I did not realize I'd been double muted. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, May 15th, 2023, is 20,259. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read a vision for you? Our, big, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.